Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is Jim Galliano. Thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. Here we are, October of 2023. This is the final quarter, the last three months of 2023. I hope you're doing well. Everything's going good over here. Thanks for thinking about me. Um, So let's just jump right into this. Today, I want to share some thoughts on the process of personal brand building, how businesses change and develop over the years, I'm just going to jump right into this. Before we get started, today's episode is sponsored by two of my very own marketing resources, the Digital Strategist Newsletter, which is available at jimsnewsletter.com. It's absolutely free. It's designed to give you insights into your own marketing strategies and options. So head over to Jim's Newsletter, check out back issues if you like, sign up, and I'll send a new issue to your inbox either on the 23rd or the 24th of every month. Also, the one-to-many system, which is available at one-to-many-system.com. This is a complete scalable marketing strategy and system, along with the website and content creation pieces that you need to finally put everything together. It's the culmination of my 25-plus years of doing business online. Is it 25 years or is it 26? I'm not even sure at this point. Anyway, at a certain point, I think it's easier to say 20, 25 and hold it at that or just say over 25. I was talking to somebody about that recently because I think if you're doing something for 30 years, 40 years, and you talk about it, maybe it just sounds like maybe you're dating yourself. Maybe it seems like you're not up with the latest strategies. I don't know, I have to think that one through. But anyway, uh, today I wanna talk to you a little bit about the uh, personal brand approach to building a business and back in 2017, I made the decision to get started with podcasting. I decided that I would create a solo cast because it was just taking, it was going to take too much time and energy to create a weekly podcast in which I would have to find somebody to interview or find a partner that I would be able to talk to each and every week. And so podcasting can be a full-time job. As a matter of fact, what I do here every week In some ways, it feels like a full-time job because I have to be here. And if I stop being here, well, then the the voice of my brand, as some people like to say, will go quiet. So, but the rewards of building your personal brand is you can get to a place where your name is more recognizable than the company that you own or even the company that you work for. Your personal brand has the power to create connections and opportunities beyond some of the things that you might currently think are possible for you. And my journey into podcasting helped solidify this in my everyday reality. I used to talk for 45 minutes to an hour. I thought that was a little bit too long, especially for how things have changed over the years. And one of the things that I do, one of the benefits that I get from doing this podcast is that I'm able to talk to people and reach people that I would otherwise be unable to reach. It's opened a whole lot of doors for me, and it's put me in a place, again, where I've been able to take advantage of some very nice opportunities. Let me just grab a quick sip of water here. 
But personal branding, I'm sure most of you are familiar with it. In essence, if you boil it down, it is the art of becoming the face of your business or the face of your expertise. It's the process of shaping how people perceive you, your values, and your unique qualities. I think it's more difficult than it needs to be for a lot of people because we've been taught to think the same, talk the same, more or less dress the same as everyone else does. And if we deviate from that, we're not really part of the of the of the social group. We're an outsider. Of course, being an outsider does have its advantages, especially if you are building a brand. So I guess it depends on what audience that you appeal to. But I think when you get right down to it, there's another element that's there, and that's authenticity. If you are who you are, I'm talking about the best version of who you are. I'm sure all of us have things in our personalities that we could do well with having less of. Things that maybe maybe we talk too long, maybe we're a little judgmental or we shouldn't be. I mean, everybody has their thing. But back in 2017, I started my podcasting journey with the goal to share the uh, information and the insights that I had with the marketplace in general. And little did I know that my podcast would be a catalyst in growing my personal brand much faster than I would be able to if I was just writing a blog. And so very few people know the name of my business anymore. By the way, I created a second business. I just used my name for it. I find that it's easier that way, especially if somebody's gonna write out a check. And that's what happened. That was my personal experience. In the world of podcasting, my voice became my brand, my stories and insights and whatever became my assets and my audience became my community. And there's no reason why you can't do the same thing. The secret is whatever you're going to do, you're going to have to be consistent with it. And that means you're going to have to be here week in and week out. And if that means that you can't create maybe a 30-minute podcast, only a 50-minute one, that will do a whole lot more for you than not doing anything at all. Now, in the past, I don't know if you guys remember uh, if any of you are ACDC fans or were ACDC fans, but when I was a kid, I listened to a lot of ACDC. It was a big band at the time. My friends and I went to several of their concerts. And um, before Brian Johnson, who, by the way, lives about 15 minutes away from where I live here in Sarasota, but before Brian Johnson became the lead singer of ACDC, they had a lead singer named Bon Scott. And he sang a song, wrote a song called The Down Payment Blues. And in it, there's a lyric that says, doing nothing means a lot to me. Well, as a teenager, that was basically my anthem. Doing nothing, just hanging out meant a lot to me. And as I became an adult, I always had, believe it or not, a little bit of a lazy streak. I was the opposite of my father in that respect, who loved working, didn't like sitting around. Do any of you know people that just are working all the time? And they seem to have, they thrive off of it. Well, that wasn't my personality type. It still isn't today. However, that said, over the years, I've noticed times where doing nothing meant a lot to me. It was still applicable. And even today, sometimes I find that I want to make time to do absolutely nothing. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not trying to speak against balance and work and play and all of that. I'm not saying that I'm talking about going to a lopsided kind of approach where you're either doing a whole bunch of work and you're working like a machine 
or you're doing absolutely nothing. There's got to be a balance in there. And even within a given day, it's great if you can have a balance where maybe you work hard for three or four hours and then you kind of taper off the rest of the time and then you relax and spend some time with the family after that. That kind of balance is something that I found difficult to kind of wrap my mind around or to try and discipline myself to execute simply because I hate living the kind of life, and this is just me, where every single day I've got a schedule, I have a schedule mapped out for me where 8 o'clock I have to be here, one thirty, I have to be there. That night I have a meeting or a, a dinner thing to go to or something like that. And every single day of the week, just about, is set up like that. I know if you have kids, a lot of you have to do that. And I'm not trying to speak against that. I'm just saying that I'm not wired to thrive in that kind of an atmosphere. Now, if I was forced to, if I was raising kids, then I would say, well, absolutely. Bite the bullet. Do what you have to do because you have them for a very short period of time. and But I, you, know, you could apply this, even if you don't have kids, to your other relationships, to family. It's important to spend time with people. It's important to have balance in life. Because at the end of the day, imagine this, everyone, you're, it's you're, right after your funeral, what would you want people to say about you? How did they remember you? I didn't want to be remembered as the guy that, you know, I, I hardly ever saw Jimmy. He was hardly ever available. Boy, but boy, could that guy write a good headline. You know, I, don't, I didn't want that to be put on my grave. A matter of fact, that was one of the things that hampered me in the business world during the early days. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I'm starting to, so I'll just keep going with it. But I wanted my life to make a difference in the lives of other people. And in the business world where you're doing an activity and you're making money and maybe you're behind the scenes, I didn't feel that that was really doing that. When I was punching a clock, I didn't really feel like I was doing that. Matter of fact, when I was working for other people in general, I didn't feel that I was doing that. But as I as I progressed, as I began to get involved in the business world and the entrepreneurial world for myself, I began to understand that what I was doing, especially when it came to marketing, marketing as a topic in and of itself is nothing unless you place it within a certain context. To me, it has very little value. It's great that you can write a, a sales letter. It's great that you sold a lot of books and all of that. All those things are great. But what's the context? Well, the context for me became that when I help a, a business succeed, I'm helping the owner of that business to put food on their table. I'm helping all of the employees that that person employs to have a job and to have a place to go to every day and to earn a living and all of that. So that was the context that I had to shift uh, marketing into and entrepreneurship into in order to feel like that I was investing my time in something that had value beyond just the immediate here and now. That I was actually doing things that would improve people's lives. And when I would get off the topic of marketing onto other things like you know, we can talk about relationships because they're connected to business. We can talk about mental health because that's connected to business. All of these things are interconnected. None of them live alone as an island. They all intersect one another. The business world, your personal life, your individual relationships and all of that. And so as I began to talk about some of these things, I thought, wow, this is even more valuable than just talking about business or how to set up a sales funnel or, or any of those other things. 
But then I got to the point where I thought, how can I create even more value? And I remember hearing a story a long time ago. There was this guy that worked on Wall Street. He was making a small fortune, and every night he and his immediate friends would go out, and they would blow all kinds of money on food and alcohol and sometimes cocaine and all of these things. And the guy said one day he woke up and he thought to himself, there's got to be more to, to life than this. And so what he decided to do, he was living in New York at the time, was that Instead of living the high life and buying a second house and buying more cars, he was going to start donating the bigger percentage of his income to um, children's charities and children, child hospitals and things like that. And so that's what he did for the rest of his life. I think I'm not sure if he's even still alive today, this individual. I forgot his name, but I heard his story a long time ago. His story isn't unique. Every once in a while, people just come to the place especially if they're making a lot of money, more than they need, they begin to think, what can I do to put more value into the world than selling stocks or, or doing something like that, something that most people wouldn't even know who you are. I mean, you could walk down the street and most people wouldn't notice you. You don't have to have a lot of friends. You can kind of be an island and just live just you and yourself and your, and your family. But having the ability to impact people that you'll never meet that was always something that appealed to me. And so one of the things that I also learned about marketing, if you make money with an online business, then it's not like you have to stay in that online business 100% of the time. So if you make a lot of money as a web developer or if you're making a lot of money as a consultant of some kind, maybe there are some nonprofit types of activities that appeal to you and that have meaning to you and that you're able to support with your skills or with money or, or with a combination of both of them. But anyway, I say all of this because at the end of the day, this is another part of your personal brand, who you are. It's your story. It's your life. And I, in my own experience, podcasting opened the door for me to reach an even wider audience who I may have never reached had I not started podcasting. And so now there's plenty of people that have video channels that are able to say the same thing, but video was the medium that they decided to use. So I want to go into this today and talk a little bit about it with you because a lot of you right now, you are on social media, you're creating some content, you're talking to people about your products and services, and you are in a spot right now where you're ready to take it up the next notch. A lot of people recognize you as an expert because you've been in, let's say, a Facebook group for a while or you've been on Reddit for a while or wherever it is, why not boost yourself, take another step up and begin to recognize that your content, even if we're just looking at things like answering questions or sharing opinions, those are the things that are, your ba are the backbone of your personal brand. And all of these other platforms out there are just the tools that will help you engage with a wider and larger audience where you can share your expertise, where you can share your story. In other words, you don't have to stay just in a small group of people. And it's through things like, um, I guess, tweets. Even though Twitter's called X now, tweets are still called tweets, right? So whether it's through engaging tweets or informative blog posts, or interesting videos on YouTube. 
your online, all of these things will go to help shape your online presence. And so a lot of this comes back to authenticity because people believe that I can't be myself and still be interesting. I'm not an interesting person. And that's what keeps people from taking that next step and going ahead with building their personal brand. I know people that started blogs, they abandoned them. They started podcasts, they abandoned them. They started all of the above, video channels, they abandoned them. Why? Well, there's a lot of reasons why, but a lot of times it was just that they weren't building the kind of audience they had hoped to build. There's other reasons why, of course, but one of the main ones happens to be they're not making that connection. And a lot of times they're not making a connection because they're just parroting the same types of things that other people have already said. There's nothing unique about them. And so people think, well, what do I have to do to make myself unique? And you see, once you start thinking like that, then that element of authenticity, that's kind of hard to fake unless you're a good actor. If you're a good actor, you can fake it. And this, is, this isn't even applicable to you. But if you try to be interesting to people, it's kind of like guys can relate to this maybe a little bit better than women can. I'm sure women can, but guys, if you've ever tried to impress a woman, you know, remember when you were a kid trying to impress the girl, what was the what was the outcome of that effort? Usually it was negative because we tried to be the person that we thought they wanted us to be. It wasn't really us and it fell flat. A lot of people do that online with the with their content because we're attracted to people oftentimes that don't have what or that have something that we don't have. So, for example, I was always attracted when I was a kid to personalities like my dad's that had no problem shouting out in front of a large group of people to get everyone's attention. Getting me to walk into a room and do that would be just like you know, that was just, I wasn't wired that way. My grandfather was the same way as my father. Both of them had booming voices. Both of them had very large presences. And both of them had no tr trouble getting into fights, literal fights with their fists, uh, you know, all the way up until they were in their 40s or 50s. I mean, they just didn't, they were like that. If, if you got in their face, they didn't back down. Well, I wasn't exactly like a giant person uh, myself. I wasn't big like they were. I wasn't like, didn't have the war. I had the warrior mentality internally, but I didn't have it as far as my stature goes. Anyway, you get into a few fights and, and you kind of get that out of you. But I'm just saying that I kind of used to wish that I was like that. I was more analytical. I was more like strategic in my thinking where they were more, you know, action takers direct. I was the kind of person that laid back and examined the situation a little bit more. And so that's what I authentically brought to the table. And once I accepted myself as that's the person that I am, and uh, for example, in the fight world, my my grandfather boxed, didn't like it that much, decided to become a trainer. Uh, my uh, dad did also, didn't like it, decided to do something else. The only time I ever laced up a pair of gloves were when my friends and I we're kids and in the basement, <clears throat> we would go down there and we would box a little bit. And, you know, after you get hit a few times in the head, it kind of makes you want to do something else. I didn't stick with it. But anyway, I'm saying all of this because you, we all have our backgrounds. We all have our personalities. And just because you're quiet doesn't mean that you don't have something interesting to say. A lot of you could be very entertaining. It's just that you don't have the kind of 
uh, personality when you're in a group to be able to take center stage. And you wouldn't want to, even if someone gave you that opportunity. Now, the difference between creating content like a blog uh, post or an audio like I'm doing now or a video is you're not doing it in front of a group of people. You may feel like you are, but one of the things that I do is when I create content, I'm talking to one person. I'm talking to you. I'm not making my content to talk to everyone. I'm talking to one person. And that's why when you're listening to it, you feel like I'm talking to you because I am talking to you. And so if you make a recording like you're talking to all these people that you don't know, then what happens is, is deep down inside, you're trying to make your what you're saying applicable to everyone. You're trying to create something that is not natural. Whereas speaking to one person, I mean, whether you're doing it on a phone or you're doing it on a blog post, it's speaking to one person. So I hope that kind of makes sense. I know that might seem a little bit convoluted to you, but authenticity is just being who you are, but it's speaking up instead of maybe staying quiet. It's sharing your opinion, even though that opinion may not be that popular, or maybe only a handful of people accept that opinion. And it's not being afraid to do it and being willing to take some criticism. I have to tell you something. If you're going to be anywhere in life, people are. some people are not going to like you. Some people are not going to like your opinions. And you have to develop a thicker skin. It takes a while, but it's great. You have to, it's almost like in sales. One of the things I love about sales is it teaches you to handle rejection. There's nothing like having someone hang up the phone on you, close the door in your face, or laugh you out of the sales room because they're not buying. And after it happens one or two times, the first few times, you know, your feelings may be a little bit hurt. You may be angry. You may take it personally. But after a while, rejection, become, you almost become numb to it. It's no big deal. You're just on to the next person. You realize it's kind of a numbers game. Well, when you create content that's your thoughts, your ideas, and you don't care that if somebody is offended by or doesn't like it, I don't go out of my way to offend anybody. And I try and taper my opinions down knowing that some things may be offensive to some people. It's just my opinion. And I can be friends with people that share different opinions from me. I can be okay with that. But that was the kind of generation that I grew up in. So I have friends, for example, that are of all different political persuasions. And we go out, we have dinner a few times a month. And we just don't bring the topics up that will cause us to be argumentative uh, with one another. That's all. And it's the same thing with family. I have family with all kinds of beliefs. And some of them think that some of my beliefs are stupid. I think some of their beliefs are stupid. But those opinions don't get in the way of the overall relationship. I hope that makes sense. So in today's online landscape, differentiating yourself is the key. Differentiating yourself in a marketplace where people are spending money, a marketplace that's growing, a marketplace that's healthy. And let me just give you an example of people uh, kind of getting out of older marketplaces into new ones. I'm trying to think of the guy's name. I think he's from India. Neil Patel. I don't know if he was born in the United States or born in India. But the other day, somebody was saying that when he started out, everything was about SEO. Everything he wrote about, everything he talked about was all SEO. That was his niche. But over time, 
he's translated more into talking about business and entrepreneurship. And now that's his focus. The reason why he didn't talk about SEO continuously over and over and over again over the last few years is because maybe his audience had heard that message, they had heard it enough from him, and they were ready to move with him on to another topic. See, it's one thing when your audience is ready to move on. It's another thing when the marketplace has already moved on, but you haven't moved on with it. So if, you, if your timing is good, you move on, you take your audience with you. One of the things that I've changed, of course, in my own, if you listen to some of my older episodes, is I, talk, I don't really just talk about um, marketing techniques and marketing strategies and marketing systems the way I used to. Now I focus more on the individual and how you navigate all of the above. I have my focus more on that. I've gotten out of just talking about the mechanics of it. I know a lot of my friends, they are in niches where they talk about mechanics, they're technical, they, they're coders, they're designers, and they're all of that. And realize sometimes that if your audience is no longer connecting with you with the same excitement as they have in the past, you're not limited to staying with the technical aspects of that topic. Because right here, intersecting with it, may be the business aspects of how those products affect the business and then how those products affect the business and how the business affects you that's another topic that's in there so sometimes you can move around in the same area but you just change your focus on different aspects of that topic i hope that makes sense so one of my friends she's into the topic of skincare and she's talked about it for uh, almost 20 years but now there are certain new techniques and new devices that are available to women that are very skincare conscious to go along with other topics like things that you should eat and things that you shouldn't eat, which that particular area is not as popular as it once was. And so now she's switching over to this new topic of some of the devices and some of the technology that's involved with skincare today that makes these procedures the goals that women have at different ages to look better, to feel better, within reach. And another thing that I've seen happen time and time again is when people begin to create content on a regular basis, whether it's written, video, audio, and they have people that enjoy that content and benefit from it, what happens is they build a community. Some people think that you have to have a group on Facebook or something similar to build a community that you need a forum. But the truth is, if people listen to you each and every week, they are part of a community, whether you're conscious of it or not. It's your community. And there's no reason why you can't do this. I've seen people that have had very laid back, very shy types of personalities. And it's much easier talking into a microphone with no one around than it is standing up in front of a group of people, regardless of whatever the size happens to be. And once you get used to doing it, I know the first few times you're probably going to be overanalyzing your voice, your tone, how you said something. But the more and more that you do it, the more relaxed you'll become. And yes, you will create a community of people that are benefiting from whatever content it is that you happen to be creating. Now, one of the easiest ways to get started, I think, is that if you already have a business, go ahead and create a simple newsletter, even if it's just 
one and a half paragraphs of information that you share with people who already are benefiting from your product or service, people who already know you. Sometimes it's easier to start with something like this because you know people aren't going to be critical about it. And what do you talk about? Whatever happens to be hot or interesting in your niche, in your marketplace, at any given point in time. So we're entering October now. If you're going to start, let's say, a simple newsletter, go ahead and start with a simple design. Keep everything straight to the point. It doesn't have to be long. A matter of fact, shorter is better. One paragraph, two paragraphs, whatever it takes to say what you want to say. Don't think that you need multiple articles or anything like that. If it makes sense to grow it later on, go ahead and do it. If not, just keep it as it is and you'll become comfortable with the overall process. All it takes is a few months to become comfortable with the process. And then if you want, maybe you make it quarterly and then you decide to create a monthly newsletter or a monthly audio or video or whatever it happens to be for another audience. Maybe it's the audience that's a do-it-yourself audience or something similar that you're going to sell a product or service to if you want and you have the focus, yes, you can create content once a week. You can get information out there every week, but I'm just trying to make it as simple as possible for you to get started because getting started is probably more than half the battle. And then once you hit that 90-day mark, that's where a lot of people get a little bit discouraged and they want to give up because they don't have hundreds or thousands of people maybe signing up for their newsletter or giving them feedback. Maybe they're not getting any feedback at all. I want you to be ready for it. Most of the plans we make for our lives and business are based upon us feeling positive, feeling motivated. But what happens when you feel like it isn't working and that you're wasting your time? Why not create a plan for that right now on the front end when you're feeling good about the project? Imagine writing a motivational letter or creating a video or an audio recording to your future self with the instructions, read, listen, or watch this when you feel like giving up. I remember watching certain fighters over the years, world-class fighters with one weakness. Once they got hurt, they didn't know how to tie up their opponents and hold on until their heads cleared, and as a result, they got knocked out. You may not be a fighter, but sometimes life and emotions knock you on the ground, and you too have to learn how to get up and stay in the fight until your head clears. If you don't, you're going to start a lot of things and end up quitting them long before there's a legitimate reason to. You got to get past the giving up part. You want to create a plan that gets you past the temptation to quit. Okay, that's about all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think it will help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link with them. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, or wherever else you may happen to be, or send them to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. Back episodes can be found there as well. That's all for today. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you later.